0: This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Intuit QuickBooks. Accounting professionals and bookkeepers have long been at the forefront of using cutting edge technologies to take the profession to the next level and to ensure they're delivering the best possible service to their clients. Whether you want to grow your firm or sharpen your skills, Intuit QuickBooks provides you with the AI-driven products, services, and the resources that you need to help all sides of your career take shape. To learn more about how QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks Online Accountant, QuickBooks Live Bookkeeping, and the ProAdvisor Program can help you grow your practice and scale your impact, head over to cloud cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash QuickBooks. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash Q-U-I-C-K-B-O-O-K-S. QuickBooks, backing you.
1: People want to do all kinds of crazy, silly, stinking thinking to, you know, do it and they just can't make the transition.
2: Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary.
3: Lee Podolsky. I'm Mary Hambleton. Ronald Baker.
1: No, just kidding. <laughs> Rondalyn Corlac.
2: Hey, Rondalyn. Thanks for joining us so much. This is uh, the end of day one, the accountant day at QuickBooks Connect.
0: We right. made it. We Woo! made it. A full day of recording. It's very exciting. And you have to roll with the flow at big conferences like this because everybody's schedules change. Uh, people don't show up to interviews. People have personal things. So, But it's great because like, we have to just go with
2: the flow. We're going to go with the flow. So. So two of our interview subjects could not be subjected to the podcast today, <laughs> so we have some substitutes. Um,
0: but it was so- meant to be, right? Because we were going to have a podcast to talk about value pricing. Yeah. And so Rhonda Lynn wrote a book recently on value pricing. I was like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have like, the three thought leaders on value pricing, and two couldn't show up. Yeah. But a fan of the podcast showed up, and her firm is currently moving from the billable hour... To value pricing.
2: So, Lee and Mary, are you at the same firm? We but, are. So, uh, give us your full names again and tell us uh, your, about your firm, yeah. so that we got a little context here.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm Lee Podolsky, uh, president of Breakwater Accounting and Advisory in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, we do outsource bookkeeping and accounting for small to mid-sized businesses, nonprofits, and uh, most recently, family offices.
3: And I'm Mary Hamilton, and I'm the director of operations at Breakwater, and. Um, we're trying to move towards value pricing. We're, we're looking to be more profitable and offer more value to our clients. So
2: Fantastic. And how many staff, partners, people at your firm?
4: Uh, currently we have 31 on staff and two interns.
2: And uh, Rondolin, for our listeners who may not be as familiar uh, with you and, and what you're up to, uh, what, what brings you to the value pricing discussion today?
1: Oh, look, I think um, earlier this year, I published a couple of books in a workbook called Pricing Value and Implementing Pricing Value. Um, It's being distributed out of, it's my first uh, New York publishing contract. So everything I've done has been very Very Australia-focused. But um, Ron Baker has taken me under his wing and the guys at Vera Sage introduced me to my first publisher. And that book is actually going into all the universities and business schools in about 26 different countries because of that deal. So it's pretty cool that we're going to teach accountants right from the get-go how to price properly.
2: Wow. That's going to pay dividends down the road. That's great. To those accountants. Of to those accountants and bookkeepers. Yeah. yeah. But for those of us who are learning it now, <laughs> what can we distill you know, in 20 minutes of a podcast episode when it comes to moving from the billable hour to a value pricing model. Like, what are the challenges that you are seeing in the American market, I guess? Uh, maybe that's a good place to start. And then we can kind of hear what Mary and Lee, what their experience has, has been as well.
1: Look, I think there are many challenges, the biggest of which is people's mindset. You know, everyone comes into this um, thing with a lot of baggage, Right? You know, when we're doing pricing value, you're not actually learning something from the beginning. It's not as if, you know, you didn't know how to speak Spanish yesterday and you're now learning how to speak Spanish. We actually have to unlearn all of the bad habits that we had that were around the concepts of hourly or cost based pricing before we can. Do value pricing or pricing value properly so that's a big thing is because it it takes a lot to shake bad habits and so that would be like the big one for me people want to hang on to time sheets people want to do all kinds of crazy silly stinking thinking to you know do it and they just can't make the transition the second is you need to control your own bloody fear Right? The biggest thing I hear is people saying, you know, I don't think I'm worth it. I don't, you know, I don't think I can do it. My clients are price conscious. Hold, hang on a second here. It ain't about you. The value isn't about your value, it's about what is it worth to the customer. And so we need to reframe that conversation. We get to the value of what it's worth. To it. How thirsty is the customer? Is the customer, you know, at their home where they can get a glass of water? Or are they basically crawling across the desert? After not having drank anything for 48 hours and 40 degrees Celsius heat, dying of dehydration. The level of value is different for those two different people. We need to get to the heart of that. We need to have better value conversations. Everybody just wants a price. You know, we were in the panel discussion and someone said, I, I'm value pricing. I knew, I knew things were going to go bad as soon as I heard them say this, right? Value pricing. And we sent out a letter to 700 clients telling them that our prices are going up. Well. I got news for you. You're not value pricing if you're not pricing every single client individually. You can't just send out a mass email and then try to sell the value in the back door. The value has to be set and established and agreed upon before you ever quote. You know, Premature quotation is just as bad as premature ejaculation and there ain't no blue pill for it, right?
2: That's going to be the clip at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Episode title. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that, uh, that's a great transition point. Now, so, uh,
1: so no one wants to talk after that. So, uh, uh,
2: Mary uh, Lee, uh, what? So, wh- where is your firm now in the in that whole journey? You know, like, wh- wh- what's the status?
3: So, we have been working towards value pricing. Yeah. Um, we definitely don't want to be. We're not doing billable hourly anymore. But a lot of times when we're figuring out our pricing or how we have figured out in the past is we're figuring out, well, how many hours do we think this will take? And then we're coming up with our price and then we're giving them <laughs> that quote. Right. Um, so that's
2: not really value pricing. No. Right?
3: So Right. So we're saying we know that that's not the way to do it. So right. we're working towards getting away from that and um, sort of understanding the, the, the knowledge that we have is something that they don't have. And letting them do what they do well so we can do what we do well. But we should get paid to do what we do well.
2: What are the biggest obstacles for you when it comes to actually making that vision happen of of doing the the value pricing?
4: I think just getting comfortable with the conversation Mm -hmm. to have with each client. Um, And as we get more confident each time, I think we'll get better and better at that. Um, We already are very focused on each client relationship, um, getting to know them, what their pain points are and everything. So it's just sort of moving that along to towards our pricing, you know, and how we how we do proposals and have that conversation up front. Um, so it's a learning process for sure.
0: Did you have to let like, go of any clients as yes. started, you started? Have. Yeah, we have. You know. So what, there were clients that just said, "I they, they don't want to value, switch."
4: Right, and they didn't have the value. They just weren't a good fit for us because they didn't have the value for what we were providing to them, and it just wasn't a good fit.
0: Did they say? Did they do the extra? Or did you kind of fire them?
4: We we fired, fired them. them. Yes, yeah. in a nice way. Yeah. And what Politely. kind of
2: what kind of services are we talking about here? Like uh, bookkeeping, accounting. Like yep. what's So it, we what? do
4: bookkeeping, um, payroll processing, controller services, um, anything up to the tax returns. We don't do tax returns. Yeah. But,
2: yeah.
0: So no tax in the firm at all. No tax. Nope. Oh, interesting.
4: By choice. Nice.
0: <laughs> What has been like the hardest, hardest thing so far? Is it, like, is it, has it been selling it internally to your team? Has it been killing your timesheets? Like, what, as you move on this journey, what's been the hardest thing for you?
3: I think figuring out, you know, what's the right price? What's the right um, package to put together for a client? And then, you know, do you offer multiple ones? Do you look at each client individually and figure out what they need? A lot of times when people come to us, um, we've been fortunate that, that, they're coming to us. We're not having to go out looking for clients but it's always an emergency and sometimes we don't have the, the luxury of time to figure out what they need. We, we need to solve a emergency right away.
2: Right, Yeah, Rondalyn, that is something that I always had a challenge with when I was trying to value price and I'm not sure I ever really, really did it uh, was somebody comes to me and I need to get working right away. Under the hourly model it was easy, right? I just tell them my rate, I get going, I start billing them. With value pricing, I have to have this big conversation, understand all of their needs and try to, like it just takes, seems like it takes a lot more time. So do you have any tips?
0: Do you have to give some value away for free?
1: I think that helping someone clarify and quantify what it's worth to them, right? Like, I think that, first of all, one price is always gonna be the wrong price. So that's job number one. You should never, ever, ever be giving somebody one price. It should always be a set of three prices, and there's reasons for that, right? But question number two is around this value thing. People pay only for what they value. And it doesn't require you to have an hour-long conversation to get to the heart of value with a client, right? So at the end of the day, what you need to establish in a nutshell is one very simple thing, and it's often missed by a lot of people. What is the cost to that client of continuing to ignore the problem or not have the solution? If you can just ask questions that get to that one thing, you can value price.
2: Because they'll be willing to pay anything less than the price of not fixing the problem. Is it, I mean... That's a baseline. The
1: biggest drama that I see people say, oh, you know, somebody didn't like my price or somebody, you know, didn't see the value. It's because you have not assisted them to quantify and acknowledge what it actually costs them personally, financially or strategically to not have the answer to that problem. And if you can do that, you can value price. And then you want to think about things like deal breakers, right, I would want to throw in. What you want to do is you want to create so much economic value, it's a bloody no-brainer for them to do it, right? So what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a situation where your economic value is so huge, you Immediately disqualify your competitors. And that could include a lot of things, right? Like if somebody came to you and if it was for a tax return, you could be saying, they could say, well, you know, I'm really afraid because I'm running a tech company and I've got this R&D thing that I'm going to get audited. Well, then you just take audit insurance and you make that part of the value of your package. So you're looking for their deal breakers. What causes David to walk away from this? That is part of the value. But you've got to think, you know, you've got to practice this and think on your feet and ask the right questions, but it shouldn't take you hours to get to value for something specific. Somebody comes to you and they're like, if I don't have my financial statements turned around, I can't buy my dream home. Oh, okay. So what would it be worth to you? You know, and you start to have the conversation. You can get to the heart of value pretty quick.
0: Have you guys had a conversation like that? Are you, do, you, do you ask your clients?
3: We ask them a lot more, I think, in the in the initial conversation about, you know, what their business is about or what they're struggling... I mean, I guess we do, what they're struggling with.
4: Right. We're listening to them and, and their pain points, and, re- and we can identify right away if they're just focused on, you know, price. That's the cost, and not... And so it's trying to get them past that and talking to them about what really is driving them. Um, but what I think would be really helpful for us is sort of more the tactical of the types of questions to be drawing that information out. So maybe we'll be reading your book. Grab by us. If, you read, <laughs> if you read pricing
1: value, I sort of explain it. And then okay. in the workbook, I basically literally have created a set of checklists and scripts. And everything is color coded. It's like, ask these questions and then take this information and that goes to economic value. So it's like a roadmap to implement it.
2: So Mary and Lee, you know, we've got a little bit of time. You you basically have a free consulting session right now with Rondalyn. I was just any, thinking the same right. thing. Do you have any questions that you would like to ask her? You know, to help you with your your value pricing journey.
4: Well, so we really are working on this in our firm right now um, in our strategic planning for the next five years. And um, one thing that came out when we're talking about what we're offering is um, something that is possibly hard to quantify is um, the peace of mind like having clients tell us i can finally sleep at night sort of that you know piece. that how do you put a dollar on that i don't know but that is something that comes up a lot
2: it's like a mastercard yeah. commercial it's priceless yes yes <laughs> it's
4: priceless not
1: all pain is financial right so there's personal and strategic as well so when you're dealing with something like that you would want to be asking questions of so if you were able to get a good night's sleep what would that be worth to you Or if you were, you know, not getting woken up all every night because of these things, you know, how much extra time would you have? You can start to back your way into questions around that to get more specificity. Mm -hmm.
2: Actually, asking the clients, what is that worth to you?
1: Yeah, Yeah, straight out. It's on the script. It's just straight out. I just ask, I, you know, I say, look, when you've thought about acquiring a solution to this problem that we're talking about right now, what is the diff- most difficult thing associated with finding the solution? If and I, then if I'm an start to drill down.
0: right? That's a very scary question for me to ask my client, because I'm afraid that they might say it's only worth $200 a month to me. Or like, it, it's a scary, to, to ask an open-ended question of my client like that, it's a little scary.
1: Look, a lot of the pain that our clients are in is pretty big. Right? So when you take a look at that, because I'm talking about cash flow tomorrow, right? So I've done a lot of stats in America and compared them to what I know about Australia. 87 to 93% of small businesses have severe cash flow and working capital pain. If you start to actually figure out how much cash is trapped in their business, if you start to figure out how much interest-carrying charges they're doing. I did a pricing session last night for a bunch of people pre-con, right? And one of the, we sat down and we practiced, and one of the ladies said, oh, it's costing us $560 a month in credit cards because we're not able to pay our credit cards. So the interest alone was $560 a month. Well now you know, right? And you lost opportunity costs. Like if you don't collect your debts quick in your business, right? You actually probably have to hire somebody and pay a wage to hire somebody in your accounting department to try to collect money. That's a lost cost that you it's not even on your radar. You know you start to add up all of these things, opportunity cost, interest carrying cost, debt Factoring the cost of somebody receivables chasing stuff, that's a lot of money. And if you add that up, and you the whole point is you get your client to acknowledge the magnitude of those losses. And so I had a client, I'm just going to take this back to kind of when I was coaching SMEs, right? And I had this client that was a $24 million um, electrical contractor. So it's a big company, but they were carrying $2 million of receivables a month at 92 days to collection. And I kept telling them you need to collect your debts quicker and they all sat there going this. One day I went in and said it costs you $234,000 that you're flushing down the toilet every single year because you haven't collected your debts. Well, boom. I had their attention. Because I said, if you got that money, you could both pay your mortgages off. So we need to make it, you know, if someone's problem is $234,000, it's not that hard to tell them, oh, and by the way, my cost to you to fix this this year and put all the systems in place will be $40,000. Thank you very much. I take Visa, MasterCard, and check.
0: So you guys said uh, you're starting to go for family offices. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is
0: that because there's opportunity to, there's, there's there's more money in that. Or what made you chase the family office?
4: Actually, by just by being asked several times, um, and it actually the the services that we provide to the family offices are very similar. We already have the setup and the technology and everything to do this for our business clients. So it's an easy addition to be using. It's just a different client segment that has a lot more um, concern around security and confidentiality.
2: Any other questions?
4: I think, I guess my only other question would be
3: around the, to me, it sounds like we would we're almost talking to them about the return on their investment. They
1: invest in us and this is what they would get in return. Is that right? Yeah, it's about a whole bunch of things. It's about their feelings, their solutions to their pain points and the desired transformations in their business. You know, you're right here and you want to get to there. And how is that going to happen? So it's more than just pain points. It sort of Mm -hmm. encompasses...
4: And it's interesting because this is a—that's a very different conversation than they're used to ever having with an accountant or you know so or attorney or anything. So it is going to rock them a little bit because they're so used to. Well, I've got these you know proposals from these three firms, and you know they're trying to sort of match it all together. So to just veer it to that conversation and really get them engaged in that is key. Yep, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, and don't be afraid to shy away from this stuff because, so I've done a three-hour session at QB Connect in, in Sydney and Melbourne several times and I did one last night for a pre-con and it is not uncommon to see tears. And one of the participants that was in the workshop felt uncomfortable about that. And I said, look, we need to be asking these questions because they may have never voiced these concerns and fears that they have to a single other human being on the planet. And when you know that, and you've developed that rapport with them, you now have leverage. Leverage in two ways. Leverage because you know what to price it, but also they are extremely motivated to fix the problem, right? If somebody doesn't realize they have a problem, They got all the procrastination and excuses in the world. But if you can help them crank it up and realize that this is a $234,000 problem, you're gonna get action. And you wanna get action because you don't wanna do the work. You know, When you transition to value pricing, the whole thing is also about them being accountable and stepping up and taking action in their own business. It's not your responsibility to fix the problems. They need to step up as well too, and that's part of it. What makes it a true partnership? Yeah, a collaboration. Mm
0: Lee and Mary, how do people get a hold of you? If they're listening to the podcast, they want to contact you.
3: You can visit our website, which is breakwatercorp.com.
0: And Rhonda Lynn, how do people get a hold of you?
1: At pricingvalue.co.
0: And what about Dot on Twitter?
1: C- uh, my name, Rhonda Lynn. There's probably only one of me, so it's an easy one.
0: Perfect. And uh, enjoy the rest of
4: the QuickBooks Connect. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Bye, Thanks for joining us.